for Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. We're coming to you from the Go-Go Sports Studio, built by Herberly here at the Iconic Wall Center downtown. Vancouver, if you're out by the airport looking for a bite, might we suggest the apron? You can find it at the Western Wall Center YVR, eat locally fresh, eat well. Nancy Karras alongside Blake Price, Grace Ass, hitting switches, conducting things. And this show, a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group, where right now, Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Surrey, Applewood Nissan Richmond, the 23 Frontier from 644 monthly, the 23 Armada from 895 monthly, and how about the, speaking of icons, the Pathfinder, the 23 Pathfinder from 318 biweekly. Yes. Where'd you get the Applewood hat, by the way? I want that Applewood I hat. I went out to Applewood um, Nissan Langley for a Cops for Cancer event a couple of weeks back. Part of their big charitable Absolutely. arm at Applewood. Yeah. In fact, they're um, they're sponsoring all four uh, races for the Cops for Cancer this year. And, uh, well, they're just hanging out and somebody said, you want a hat? So, yeah. It was quite a do, actually. I got... Uh, a free barbecue lunch, yeah. hot dogs. I got a hat. Uh, car didn't need washing because I had only picked up that Infinity QX60 the week before. So it was whistle clean. So made my donation and took some photos and had a good time with everybody. Mm. And yeah. Must be nice. Because, Blake. It's all good. There you go. Applewood. Bodog poll question. Do the Canucks need to make another major move this summer? Yes or no? You can vote. At Sikerson Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source. Free casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog, line of the day for me. You've seen the Leos are six-point dogs in Winnipeg Thursday? Mm-hmm. With that defense and Dane Evans coming off a superior performance? Yeah. Taking the points and running on your Bodog line of the day. It's August 1st, Blake Price. The Vancouver Canucks have been very quiet for a month now, pretty much since Canada Day when they brought in the lot of Carson Soucy, Ian Cole, and Teddy Bluger. Now, Avin said he wasn't necessarily done, but didn't have a lot of cap space. So we're defining the summer between now and the starting training camp. We're about seven weeks away here, so it almost ties perfectly to the calendar end of summer, September 20th. 21st. What do you think? They need to make another major move? Do you see one coming? On the on the need, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's emphatic. Can they? Boy, lots of things need to happen. We know their salary cap situation is not good. So can they? I, I don't know. But should they? Do they need to? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. If they, if they want to be better next year, the answer is yes. I voted yes as well. There's still not a right shot centerman in this lineup, let alone a prototypical third line center. I do think that's a position they need to shore up if they're going to be a playoff team, or they have to be incredibly stout defensively and goaltending. I could very much see a Tyler Meyer trade trade after the bonus is paid. Mm-hmm. Of course, that in and of itself is going to open up some need on the right side of defense. But they've got Ronick. They've got. They believe Cole and Susie can play the right side if need be. So I'm absolutely yes on need. I am less certain on will they. And 
the longer we get away from it, Blake, the less enthused I am about what they did here. You bought out Oliver Ekman Larson, which needless to say is, you know, one of the big buyouts in the history of the National Hockey League. And you immediately took that cap savings and put it into, let's face it, depth players and depth players that don't get you a lot of future value outside of Carson Soucy if he works out over his three-year contract. Mm -hmm. So have you fixed the present? Somewhat. Not entirely. Have you helped the future? Maybe, hopefully, somewhat with Carson Soucy. But again, this was the third pair guy in Seattle. He was appropriately slotted there. You're asking him to do more here in Vancouver. We know the list of players who have been put in that spot haven't necessarily succeeded here. Mm -hmm. So I, I, if they can move Myers and get a legitimate third-line center in here, I think I would feel a lot better about their chances this coming season. Because I do think they should be more competitive than the last couple of years. And I do think they have a chance of the playoffs if they play well and come close to maximizing, optimizing what they've got, particularly if other teams around them, and we're still waiting on Calgary and Winnipeg and whether anything will happen there, and particularly if teams around them sort of come back into the non-playoff pack a little more, I uh, which I think is very possible. I, I think it needs to be – well, I – it needs to be a clean sweep to me of things breaking their way. I mean, I think it'll take that to get into the playoffs. I think it's going to be that difficult. Not saying it's impossible, but they need good health and uh, you know everybody to be at the top of their game. Um, mm. And which is not the case for the contenders, of course. The contenders can no, contenders no. can do with an injury. They can have a guy have a down year. All that. And I don't think the Canucks are going to be able to uh, to have that. Grace. We talked about this last week, Blake, when you were away, is you'll know the Canucks are a playoff team or a contending team when we stop talking in the summer about players having bounce back years. Mm -hmm. And yet here we are talking yet again about Besser and Garland having bounce back years for a second straight summer. McKayev needing to be himself. McKayev and Demko coming back off the yeah, injury, although yeah. Demko got back into games and looked brilliant. Towards the end of last season, you know, Myers would be another one needing a bounce back season. So, like when you can sit there and rhyme off five or six guys who need bounce back seasons, probably means you're not a very good club. Probably means, as you say, they need a lot of things to break right mm -hmm. to be a competitive club. It, it, you know, Hoagland or Pod Coles and rising to the occasion. Like there's just there's uh, a lot of asks. Right now for uh, mm -hmm. for the players on the roster. Hope bets. Yeah. Yesterday's Bodog poll question, has Christine Sinclair had the best career of any athlete in a Canadian jersey? And we phrase it as such just because if you wanted to just strictly look at it as team sport, hey, fill your boots. If you wanted to compare Christine in a, sing in, in a team sport versus singular athletes, by all means, Interpret it often. We often say interpret the question as you see fit. Basketball, Phil, team sport, debatable. Probably yes. Including individual sports, nope. Any list Donovan Bailey, Damian Warner, Andre DeGrasse, Summer McIntosh, although she hasn't really launched yet, Phil. Penny Alexiak, Alex Bauman. We, we talked about Clara Hughes. would rank higher. Yeah. Hughes, Klassen. Yeah. 
Um, G, G Surrey says Crosby. World Junior Gold, Olympic Gold times two, World Cup, World Championship. She only won one world tournament in her career. And that's true. And, and, yeah, and, 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 and our response for that whole thing, and we've obviously you know said that was going to be a big response, it was just the size of the sport. It's a it's a 7-10 to 10 team sport is, is ice hockey. Um, soccer's a 200-team sport. As Marco says, easily not even close. The number one goal scorer in soccer history. As Canadians, we need to remember hockey in terms of worldwide popularity isn't even in the same universe no. as soccer. And Marco was right. And then Jim says... Uh, as uh, as an individual, I would say Penny, but team version, yep, for Christine. YouTube, 62% voted no. Uh, some interesting comments. A lot of people saying Haley Wickenheiser ahead of Sinclair in that regard. Another comment, WAC9721 says, got to put in my vote for Mary-Philippe Poulin. Yeah, and, and those would be, Blake mentioned women's hockey, or was a you mentioned women's hockey yesterday. Yeah. Uh, of course, being such a dominant squad, and needless to say, Haley Wickensheiser uh, with her longevity and excellence, and Mary Philippe Poulain with her clutch performances, with her clutch performances mm. are right near the top of the list. Alas, the point Blake just made and Marco made on Twitter is even more pronounced in women's hockey, where it is effectively a two-team tournament yeah. for gold. Occasionally, you get somebody with an upset who plays for a gold medal, but it is Canada, the United States, and I think even Canada and the United States among stakeholders wish, hope to see the rest of the world get a little bit closer so we got a little bit yeah. deeper competitive The fields. risk of finishing outside the podium, much less the top four, is not there for Canada. No. So you, no. you, you pad stats, you're, you're going to be at the top. BC Lions Thursday in Winnipeg looking for their second win in the Manitoba Capitol this season. And after we were done recording yesterday, Blake, Rick Campbell named Dane Evans as his starting quarterback. And it makes a lot of sense. You're coming off a short week here. You play Saturday, Thursday. They're both road games, so you've got some travel. Plus, he looked brilliant in the win against Edmonton. 330 yards, two touchdowns. And as we were talking about yesterday with Farhan, he does not have to go out and win the game on his own. Smoke Mizell with another terrific day on the ground. You believe in your running game if the if you're the BC Lions. You believe in your special teams, particularly the kicking of Sean White. And you absolutely believe in this defense, which may well be a historic defense by CFL standards when it's all said and done. We're a little more away little more than a third of the way through the season, so a long way to go for Ryan Phillips' side. Uh, Ryan Phillips' charges on the defensive side of the ball. But this is a winnable game with the formula of Dane Evans playing mistake-free football. And if he can replicate what we saw in Edmonton on Saturday, then I think Winnipeg is in an awful lot of trouble because, look, they're going into this game looking at it saying, we got to get to this quarterback who isn't their number one guy. Quarterback plays well. Winnipeg's going to need a hell of a game to beat what is a rolling, rolling BC Lions club right now. It's going to be an interesting chess match for Rick Campbell to uh, sort of reorganize the offense a little bit around a, a Dane Evans, um, and then you know just expect the, and hope that the, the the defense can do what they always do. And I think at this point, it's past hope. It's expecting <laughs> the defense to be great. But yeah, offensively, it's going to be interesting versus Winnipeg. 
it's August 1st. It's not September 1st. So I'm not going to get too worried about this down the I-5 at Seahawks camp. But as we saw late last year, when the injuries piled up at running back and Geno Smith was asked to do more, they weren't very good on offense. They didn't win football games. They certainly didn't hang with the San Francisco 49ers. So by no means is this alarmist. You've got five weeks. Kenneth Walker is week to week with a groin injury, and he had injury troubles as a rookie. A lot of carries at Michigan State. You wonder whether that's whether those chickens are coming home to roost. And rookie Zach Charbonnet, the uh, UCLA running back, ex-Michigan man, he's out indefinitely with the shoulder injury. So two of the three guys the Seahawks are hoping on to be a part of what will have to be a strong running game if mm-hmm. they are once again going to be a playoff club are already ailing. I'm just putting this out there. The Seahawks have been in on big names over the Pete Carroll, John Schneider here. You wonder whether there's any fixing the matter with Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis where the owner, Jim Mercy, has gotten involved, where he shows up and complains of back issues and they threaten to put him on the physically unable to perform list and roll the contract over if that is in some way related to his contract dispute. And uh, there's other unhappy running backs out there, as we've come to learn via social media, because that's not a position that is being compensated right now, or at least not at the levels that it used to be. I just wonder whether it's, whether the Seahawks are looking around and whether we would be wise to discuss the Seahawks looking around what seems to be a pretty volatile running back market if these two guys don't get healthy in the next month. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know that the Hawks can afford to not have a a running game. No, like it, and as we know, it's at like minimum two, but you're probably gonna go down to number three or number four on the depth chart at some point this year. But it's not like the passing game is ironclad. Like it was a nice story last year that it was yep. decent, but and the first round receiver should help. He's yeah. a beautiful compliment to yeah. To DK and lock but it. you're still not going to league the leading passing. I wouldn't think so. You're not going to be. I would think not, I'm going to be so bold as to you're not going to be a top third team in passing. But may you hope to be a middle third team yep. and then have have a good running game and you're going to be okay. And you know, much like the Lions, you need that defense to take a step forward That's if right. you're Seattle and particularly stopping the run, which was a problem, huge problem last year. Yeah. And and I'll say this: I think everybody loved the profile of Witherspoon, the corner they took fifth overall, and I think it was, should once again be a tremendous secondary. We've had that talk before that you're sort of rebuilding a, a you know a, a redux of the Legion of Boom uh, mm-hmm. with all the players you've got in the secondary. But yes, yeah, stopping the run and running the football yourselves are two things the Seattle Seahawks need to do this season if they're going to repeat a playoff performance. They were a fantastic story last year, and I know a lot of 12s are getting excited about this year, and rightfully so. Whitecaps, Friday, Tigra, BC Place, 7? 7.30. 7.30. This has become standard with the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. And we're giving away a four-pack of tickets. Text hashtag Whitecaps to 778-402-9680. Hashtag Whitecaps, 
778-402-9680. Text it. We'll be giving these away on Thursday's show. Game of consequence, knockout. This is what you always talk about with regards to you know our refashioning of the Memorial Cup. And this is an impactful game. Well, yeah, it's not just a game. This is a win, and and you and you're in, yes. and you keep going. It's not a leg. No, like something is on right. the line at BC Place, and it's against arguably. I would think. I mean, really, um, we said this about Club Leon in the first match at BC Place because they were Champions League champions. Really, Tigris has got a better pedigree than Club Leon even. Mm-hmm. Club Leon is the LAFC of, of Liga Mekis. So, it were, I mean, we're talking about maybe the top club in all of North America visiting BC Place. It's a brand name. Uh, we, we've, I suspect they'll have some fans there. We, we talked a couple weeks ago about the sneaky amount of of uh, Mexican expats that are, are in our in our city. They will be in large amounts at BC I Place. Will, I would think so. Yeah, because uh, this is a brand name in Mexico. Yes, on a Friday night, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty fun in terms of entertainment. Uh, Canadian soccer continues to unpack the devastation of a World Cup. Defeat for nearly nil. saved by the by the Yankees being uh, you know like it was that close for the Americans to not advance that would have actually saved the Canadians I think I took a big hit on my Bodog line of the day yesterday said, yeah oh, it's time to get serious for the American win and women they were minus three fifty in that match against Portugal they couldn't Blake. score a goal either and were saved by the post yeah Carly Lloyd the former U S international with some stinging criticism there. Didn't like the way the players behaved after a draw to Portugal, singing, dancing, carrying on with the fans. I mean, I guess they advanced, but as Carly noted, the player of the match was the post. And act like you've been there before a little bit, too. Because they have. They bloody well have. They've lifted this trophy. And Blake, that's two draws in the group stage to the Netherlands, which is a very good side, and to Portugal. So... This has already been a weird World Cup down under. Well, new countries are rising to the forefront. And I think you're seeing better sides here Mm -hmm. as women's sport gets uh, more prominent. Gets funded properly. And as federations and countries and citizens get get serious about investing in women's sport at the highest levels. So who knows the way this World Cup is going to go now. With now into the knockout stage, where you know one match, yeah, one goal at the right time in this sport, and heavyweights can fall and minnows can advance. So we shall see. Major League Baseball trade deadline, and I don't know about you, Blake. I was listening on radio when I heard of Bo Bichette's injury. I had visions of him crumbling to the ground, grabbing his knee, writhing in pain. Even on TV, it was pretty over the I heard it on radio, and I I saw some tweets about it before I actually saw the video, and then I was like, oh, he just pulled up and grabbed his knee. Good follow Dr. Jesse Morse on on Twitter, who basically, with his trained eye, handicaps what he thinks the injuries are. He thought maybe a mild knee sprain to a meniscus tear might need a scope, could be three to four weeks, didn't look like an ACL tear to him. And the Jays go and backfill, much like they did for Romano, a closer with Jordan Hicks. They acquire St. Louis shortstop, shortstop Paul DeYoung. This is the third trade with the Cardinals, too. 
DeYoung had a terrific rookie season, then hit 30 home runs two years after that. Now, he has backslid since, but he can play shortstop. He's not an inconsequential bat. I mean, I don't necessarily think he's going to be in the middle of that Blue Jays order, but he's got 13 home runs this year, 710 OPS. So they have a replacement. The Jays entered yesterday's game having given up the fewest runs in July. The Mariners were tied for fourth, giving up just 93 runs. And yet in Seattle, the general manager seemingly does not believe in this club. They trade Paul Seawall to Arizona for three players, and they got a couple of interesting, albeit older, prospects. Dominic Canzone was hitting 354 at AAA. A lot of people are looking at him and seeing similarities to Mitch Hanniger, whom they acquired once upon a time as a sort of AAA older guy who maybe was just a late bloomer, and an infielder, Ryan Bliss, who was hitting 358 at AA. They also give away outfielder A.J. Pollock and utility man Mark Mathias to San Francisco for a player to be named later. So this is not necessarily a teardown rebuild, but needless to say, the Seattle Mariners are sellers here at this deadline. More on that later in hashtags. The other thing we should note here, Matt Svansson, the pitcher the Blue Jays gave up to St. Louis in the DeYoung trade, was lights out for the Vancouver Canadians this year. 153 ERA, 24 games. He had just been promoted to AA New Hampshire yesterday, along with starter Abdiel Mendoza, who is one of six different Canadians to win Northwest League Pitcher of the Week. Connor Larkin got the nod here this week. Gave up one hit, one walk, 10 strikeouts in five innings. They own that award. And even with promoting pitchers, they still own that award. They've been that good. That That is the problem with minor league baseball is that almost the better you get, the more pillaged you get by the, well, by the parent team. Yeah. And you I, may not be the same team come playoff time. I have had this conversation with Andy Dunn at the Nat. Uh, you know, I think Andy's sort of political position is, hey, we're in a pennant race. We're going to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them here. We see it in hockey too, right? You have a, and, if you have a great hey, AHL team, you're going to probably get a few of your best players plucked. There is nothing preventing the Blue Jays from saying, okay, New Hampshire, your season is over, but you and you, you're going back down to Vancouver for the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It's harder to do with pitchers because, of course, pitchers were Well, you want to limit their work almost. Yeah. pitch count and yeah. all that particularly. In development, Justin Verlander back to the Houston Astros. So perhaps Seattle knew that the Astros were planning big moves and didn't uh, didn't think they compete could compete. Either way, um, a, I think a disappointing. If you're a Mariners fan, get to August first on a team that made the playoffs last year has that rotation, and you're selling off. Let's get to today's menu. It's brought to you by De Dutch. To breakfast, to brunch, to lunch, get it all. At the Dutch, we'll talk to Patrick Johnson, PJ from the province, and Post Media. Uh, topics include, well, Christine Sinclair, the Lions and Whitecaps raising the bar here in local sports, as well as Canucks talk with the possibility or handicapping a move here in August. We'll get to some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter. Vanny Sartini, Whitecaps head coach, will join us in advance of the match Friday against Tigris.
no matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, They've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing Neighborhood Brewing Workshop Spirits and the Penticton V season well underway. Means it's time to visit the Neighborhood Watch. It's a vendor experience at the South Okanagan Event Center. Enjoy your favorite neighborhood beers while attending any event or a Penticton V's game. And Blake and I have been there several times. Fantastic vantage point. End of the workday. Treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. Harrison Price from Wall Center and a presentation of Applewood Auto Group. Applewood Kia has the Nero EV in stock and constantly replenishing because that's the beauty of Applewood dealerships. They're national leaders and uh, the way it works in the auto business is when you're a national leader in sales, you get the cars first. So their stock, 6.49%, up to 84 months for the Kia EV. Get into your first electric vehicle for under 53K, even fully loaded. Bodog poll question today. Do the Canucks need to make another major move this summer? It's August 1st. Clock is ticking here down to training camp in September. Yes or no? Vote at Sakarison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source. Free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. Adam Scott is trying to make the PGA Tour playoffs at the last gasp Wyndham Championship this weekend where he has to go for it. He needs a top eight finish. The course traditionally requires strong par four scoring, which he has, strong approach play, which he'll need. But he's a desperate old line. Why not one more roar at 30 to 1 to win the Wyndham on your Bodog line of the day? Patrick Johnson from the Province and Post Media is a Tuesday regular guest with us. He is back from his Eastern Canadian travels, and I have noted has not tweeted in eight days, PJ. I always prepare for our interviews by going on your Twitter thread and what is Patrick talking about? What is he reporting? Eight days off Twitter or as it's called now X. Is this in protest? Do I? Nah, I'm just not interested. I don't know. It's August. I was on vacation. I don't know. I'm having fun on Blue Sky. I just sort of make jokes. I don't know. It's summer. I'm trying to take a break. I, I've I've been very unplugged in the last fortnight, I would say, and it has been freaking glorious. Like just so nice, just to put it down. Because you know I'm coming back. You know I'll be here. I yeah. know I'll be dialed in again. But just to take a small break from it, oh my god, so That's nice. Great. But if I go, not- you know, I go and check my. I still have my little. I have a you know a couple lists that I check in on, make sure I'm not missing anything. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, I just. I, a lot of the time, I feel like too. It's like by the time I've seen it, everyone said something, and I have nothing to add. Like I, you know, in the end, I saw the result yesterday yesterday morning from from Australia, and I was just like, "Well, that sucks." Yeah. And I, you know, I had some thoughts about. I mean, in the end, it was one of these ones. It was like, no matter. I mean, I think we all have pretty much the same feeling, but you ended up at this spot. Like that's kind of the story. The fact that they, you know, you that that fighting with the team. You know, the team wasn't prepared. There's, it kind of ties in. But I, I thought about tweeting all this, and I said, you know what? No, I'm just going to enjoy my yeah. Monday. And 
yeah, and then you know, I'm chasing. I've got an Ethan Bear story coming up that I think yeah, I'll probably good. tweet a bit about. But you know, I still have to actually do it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Ethan Bear. I'm right going to do a thing about his uh, hockey camp that he runs huh. in, in uh, back home. So, but uh, yeah. he got married this weekend. I saw he got married this weekend. So yeah, I know he's busy. Mm-hmm. So you didn't tweet about that. What do you think? Is there any chance that he's coming back? I don't know. The last I heard, I mean, the last I checked, I think there wasn't much going on. Um, you know, obviously he's a player that won't be ready till December. So, I mean, you great upper hand in negotiations on that front, and I think yeah. he's a good enough player. But uh, if you can get him at a really good price, why not? Yeah, and I—that's kind of where it feels like to me. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that there've been a couple offers, but I don't know how firm or anything like that, or at least teams have called. I don't know, offers is probably the wrong word. I know teams have called him, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's not ready until December. I mean, the 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 one deadline on him is his cap hit because he's one of those ones. If you know, there is the prorated thing. Though, if you sign them out at the start of the season, there's there's rules that kick in that change your cap hit. So he's the kind of guy that you can't just sit there and wait because that's that's it's designed. The cap is designed so that you can't have guys. Oh, we'll sign him. You know, I mean, this is remember the Nylander thing when Nylander signed at sort of the deadline. His cap hit was enormous for that one season. Um, and so the rules are set up so you can't just stash guys and then, oh, he's healthy again. You know, the old, you know, 30, 35 years ago, they would just sign guys from Italy or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, to me, it strikes now as being one. It's sort of who's going to blink. Is he going to be able to hold firm to what he thinks he should be getting for next season? And will the Canucks, I, yeah, no. I think the Canucks would like to have him back. They, they traded for him. They liked the player. Everything was positive, And then he got hurt and decided to surgery. Yeah. So, you, so answer me the poll then. Do you think, do they need to make another major move? Do you see a move for a third-line center or a different defenseman or a Myers trade or anything I like that? I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, I think that they, need, they do need another center. I don't think Teddy Bluger, Teddy Bluger seems like a good guy and he's going to be a hard-working player, but he's not, he's not going to carry the load of, of what you really, if you are truly serious about this team, he's not going to carry the load as your third-line center. Hmm. Um I don't think you need a Bo Horvat. You're not going to have the the triumvirate you had last year, but you need a guy that is going to be able to contribute. I, I thought, you know, Pat, it was nice that Patrick Alvin thought 15 goals, but I'm like, come on, he's not going to score 15 goals. He's never been that guy. No, no. Well, so yeah, I, I think said, you need a center. I think that's clear to me. Well, you say we've talked about that before, but when you haven't tweeted for eight days, Patrick. Yeah, fair enough. I know. Incidentally. If you're not interacting with online communities and social media audiences, do you even exist? That no. <laughs> that means you have to do that with the people in your midst. Oh, okay, it's true. You have to like the people in your midst. Yeah, actual well, human. Interaction. What about your old co- what about your old colleague Kahal Kelly who doesn't even have Twitter? You know, I admire him. Is He's he just... my old colleague? I, I'm not sure he is. I were you guys I... there at the same time, or did you no, not cross? I, no, I, okay. uh, I believe I, I can't remember. Matt, he... when did you leave? I don't even know. Matt, you've I been mean, a radio. I, Nobody I, even knows. Does anybody s- even know that you're a newspaper I guy? Wrote, I no. could send you my resume. Just make sure you pin it. So <laughs> never mind. Your successor. For... One of your successors. No, he's Brunt's successor. He's the lead right. sports columnist of the All Global Mail. Right. I was simply the West Coast Bureau. You're just a, you're just a man. PJ, just did a man. you know that Carlton has a scholarship fund in the name of Matthew J. Sakaris? Do they really? The more you know, the more you know. Do they really? You know. Super wow. famous. Wow. I saw famous. Carlton last week. I saw it from afar. Yeah. Did you? I thought of Matt. 
and no, it I goes didn't. to a varsity level athlete in journalism or mass communications. Is that what? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like you were. Well, I was not a varsity. Athlete. Oh. oh okay. Well, you were a varsity athlete in your own way, were you not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the community basketball court had never seen such game. Oliver's Pub had never seen That's such consumption. Um, you referenced the Canadian women and Christine Sinclair. And where do you think Soccer Canada goes from here, PJ? Because that is a dreadful performance. Yeah. And I imagine there's going to have to be a head that rolls. We know Christine isn't coming back to World Cup yeah. play. Is that that for Bev Priestman? It. Uh... I, I there are a lot of points that have been made that I think are very smart. I think preparation was obviously an issue. Um, the dynamic with with obviously the CSA was a huge problem. Uh, that ties into preparation. That ties into the budget of all the things that were there. Um, Sinclair, I, I, I don't even know what the words are to describe the the stature of her career. Right, but it came to an end in front of our eyes, mm-hmm. um, and you're never going to replace a player that you. Just, it's just not possible. But the sort of the second wave, you know, the, the inability to finish. I mean, one goal of their own making in three games that was kind of everything there. Uh, they couldn't finish. They couldn't find the same page often enough. Um, you want to believe the talent is there. There's a lot of good players on that team. I think a fresh start, yeah, I think a fresh start is the way to go. I mean, Priestman, in the end, this is a results-based business. And if um, you look at, say, John Herdman, if John Herdman had had a World Cup like this, we'd be saying he should be out, even if he, you know, he obviously had great He should results. maybe be out anyway with the men's side. Based well, on that's it, but I'm just Cup. saying, yeah. you know, just say he had all the success, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, he wins the Olympics, but, you know, the, the, the if there had been a step like this along the way, he'd be out. I mean, this is, a, if, if Canada soccer and the women's team are to be a serious, you know, we're to take this all seriously, we are to hold all this to a standard. You know, I, we need to hold, the board needs to be held to a standard, the association needs to be held to a standard, the team needs to be held to a standard, and the coach needs to be held to a standard. And in all regards, it was a failure. Guys, we said for years the women's national team was able to rise to such prominence because Canada, before a lot of the rest of the world, said, yeah. "Oh, we'll invest in women's soccer. We'll we'll pay attention to it. We'll we'll funnel it and create an infrastructure for it and, and so, take it seriously." Yeah, take it seriously. So we rose to the top. Guess what? After years, decades, really, the rest of the Western world's like. Yeah, maybe we will pay attention to women's soccer and teams like Ireland and Portugal. I mean, honestly, England, Portugal. Well, England's always sort of been in the mix, but Portugal nearly eliminated the U.S. today. I mean, that would have been which would have saved the Canadian um, uh, reputation just a little bit if the U.S. was down as well. But uh, the rest of the world is going to come screaming past Canada here. And that's the thing that shouldn't be missed. I mean, that is the statement about this Women's World Cup, is the level of play across the board has been almost unanimously fantastic. I mean, obviously there are teams like Vietnam who have struggled and Philippines who have struggled. But Ireland's first World Cup, they look totally fine. Exactly. Nigeria, I mean, Nigeria was fantastic. And, and, you know, to have a, have, have, you know, that's the the counterpoint, obviously, on the resources thing, because, you know, Nigeria is not throwing a ton of resources at their women's team. So the, the other element 
and you kind of mentioned is the way other countries have evolved. I mean, Canada did put a lot of money. We developed a team, or a team, or developed a development model that worked for when it was. But the fact we do not have a professional women's team, to me, remains it, it's a massively underdiscussed story. It's incredibly disappointing. You look at other countries. Look at Australia. I mean, Australia takes sports seriously to a level that is probably unfair, but. They have a professional women's league and all these things. The women aren't being paid a ton, but the point is the infrastructure is there. They have netball. For, you know, like- so let me ask you this because somebody asked me this yesterday in light of the women's defeat uh, about uh, a professional league here in Canada, which, if I'm not mistaken, is coming in 2025. Yeah, Diana right? Madison's yeah. working on it. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, and I could be wrong here, and I was a skeptic of the CPL, which has done well. I'm not necessarily sure it's the fuel for the Canadian men's team to be a World Cup contender, but uh, soccer folks seem to think that a a domestic lead is that, is that important. With what some of these big European clubs, because like we have players on our team that are now playing at the likes of you know FC Barcelona and PSG and these Matt Chelsea and these massive clubs in Europe. Um. How would you attract the best players? Like, how would you even attract the best Canadian? Well, I mean, that, I don't even know if that's professional the... league. And and if you don't have them, is it commercially viable? Well, and also, do our Canadian, our top Canadian players, want to play in that league? Like, if if they think, if, exactly think, because some of these stadiums in Europe, they're yeah. doing the. Yeah. They're doing 60,000, people for women's soccer. Why would they want to come here and play before friends and family if it's not particularly? I, 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 and that's what I what that's what I would say. That you're, you're not. That's not what you're building. You're. It is great that you have your top players playing for these top teams, but you need a second tier. Like you need to have players somewhere to play. Like you need All to right. build out your playing base. And that's why I, you know, like netball. Like come on. Like netball is an Australian and sort of English sport. And there is a professional women's netball league in Australia. I do not think they're pulling in huge crowds, and yet it exists. The point is, is that you can make something work. Now, yeah. I don't know if you can make it a national league. But like that is our problem. What, like our what, problem consistently is the travel thing, right? Yes, right. But, yes. That's the other but problem. You create a Canadian issue. league. Suddenly, yeah. it's a big expense for it's an order to take a issue. team from Vancouver yeah, to Halifax don't or Montreal. Me, yeah. I'm not saying there shouldn't be one. I, I, I'm just saying I, I find it difficult to believe that that's some sort of magic button. Uh, to get the women's program over and above the best in the world, because let's face it, they've already been amongst the best in the world. They just laid a colossal leg here at this World Cup. If you can run a 17 team in Australia that involves, like I said, a, a sport that's popular in Australia, yeah. but it's not leading the way, that involves a team in Perth and has teams in Sydney and Melbourne and and Brisbane, like you can make it work in Canada somehow. Well, like, I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure I agree. Australia is a better sporting nation than us. Um, as, as you said off the top, it could be unfair uh, given what Australia invests in sport. Secondly, they're so isolated, they sort of have to make their own fun. And they've made up sports that have been massively successful sure. on that giant island, including Aussie Rules, which some of the stadiums are being used here yeah. for yeah. the FIFA World Cup. So I, I, I'm just not, yeah. Well, that's why we have this debate, Matt. Yeah, no, when Christine said it the other day, I was like, okay, well, 
I think we I'm might not have... sure that excuses anything. And it I, doesn't I'm not excuse sure, anything. No. I'm not sure that's the springboard for Canada to be best in the world or number two in the no. world. What I will say to you, Patrick, is we got another maligned Canadian side that better do something at the end of the month in the Philippines and Southeast Asia where the men's world basketball Right. Cup is being held because that's a team that could do much Man, better. We don't want to waste their... these golden generations. That's no, for sure. Absolutely. But it's... I think we do. If we did do a women's national, well, a hockey uh, when when they combine here and that's it. We don't even have hockey. Um, that's our sport. But we we have to be a little bit geographically smart here. We can't expect this to be an ocean to ocean. No. Um, like maybe maybe no. there's a Western team or t- or two. If you have to put but, 20, 50, 40 some people, including coaches and personnel, on a plane periodically to go from Vancouver to Montreal or Vancouver to Halifax, that is a problem economically. Unfortunately, for a I think league. it has to be an Ontario Quebec league with maybe one in Western Outpost or something. Uh, you mentioned basketball. I mean, CEBL somehow works, right? For how like, long, though, right? Like, yeah, and, and, fair enough. But yeah, that doesn't mean yeah. you don't try. No, like, I guess you not. don't try. And this would say, you know, you think about what was that baseball league 20 or 20 whatever years ago? Like, they tried. They tried to make that. But this is a golden age for Canadian sport, professional sports league that we seem to be making it work. And obviously, it's a challenge. And, you know, some of them are going to be fly by night, whatever. But, like, you have to keep trying. And and yeah. I look and, and that's my point is that I don't think yeah having a professional women's team was not would not have solved the World Cup problem. There's a lot of other you know the team yeah. itself, the the backstory, the CSB stuff, yeah, right, all that yeah. stuff. Okay, yeah. lastly, yeah. we we talked about this yesterday. I want your two cents. For years, Patrick, we have said about the Lions and Whitecaps. Boy, if they could only be successful yeah. during this time of despair with the Vancouver Canucks, <laughs> buddy, it's happening. Like yeah. the lines are six, they could be seven and one with the tiebreaker over Winnipeg coming home for that game on the 12th against Calgary. Whitecaps are through in League's Cup, sitting on a playoff spot and hosting a gigantic Mexican side Friday at BC yeah. Place. Like suddenly the bar is being raised here a little bit locally. No, as you remember, the Claybrooks <laughs> era and what the Whitecaps were going through, you know, just as the Canucks were hitting yeah. rock bottom, like yeah. it was a depressing lot. Um, now, there's two something out of, to cheer on. You know, to quote Meadloaf, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, it, I've been reading a book about uh, sort of the I think it's called the delusions of crowds, and like basically why people believe in crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's I think a lot of lessons for sports fandom in it, and and um, you know why 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 people's believed the bible said the world was going to end in 1844 and things like that mm. um but there's this there's sort of an underlying premise and i'm going to find a way to write about this and i think it applies to all all sports teams which is the first problem is that when when fan when someone's sitting by themselves and you ask them how many marbles are in the jar it turns out if you this is the wisdom of crowds thing people are actually pretty good like they're pretty good at making the guess the problem so they're rational on their own the problem is when people start talking to each other that's when they start believing in crazy stuff. Now, you can flip that around, and you can believe in your sports team. And I would say that is something that the Lions have done. The Lions have bought, they've, they and they've delivered. they got people interested, and now they're delivering. And people are like, wow, that's a really fun time out. The Whitecaps, for a long time, had people buying in because it was a fun time. Then, everyone, you know, they the scandals came out. All the scandals came out. People got fed up, and they walked away. And they've been having to rebuild in the wake of that. And I would say that one of the ways of finding true believers is having a personable coach who knows how to sell what he's doing. 
And, you know, Rick, Rick Campbell, for instance, to talk about football. I mean, you talk to that guy, and he is so precise and so on point that he knows how to sell what his team is doing. Mm-hmm. He's not, he is not a Vanny Sartini type, right? But Vanny is, is fun to talk to, fun to watch, and his team's delivering. So, you know, the Caps obviously have more, I think, have more work to do. But both those teams are such good lessons in all of that. And that comes back to our friends, the Vancouver Canucks, who I think yep. for, you know, have not been able to do that. Now with that alongside, I mean, obviously there were people who wanted, really wanted Jim Benning to be successful, but mm-hmm. more and more people did not believe that, that the true believers walked away. And now they're in that window again, where they've got to try to convince these people again, that's right. like, you know, because that we can win and be fun. And it's not just, you know, you're not just pouring your money down the drain for a night. Out. Exactly. Because a lot of their fans now go to BC place expecting a win. And they're yeah. certainly going to transport that attitude across the, the Canucks street. did achieve fun though. Like, I think they have ticked sure. that box. They are fun yes. team now, yes. but, uh, but fun team only lasts a season or two. I think you have to yeah. win now. So. There's only so much that takes you. And obviously the, you know, the, the expectations of fans have shifted. And this is a lot we've meant, I've mentioned this before, and this is a forever lesson from the Canadians, which is that people remember the experience. They don't necessarily remember the score, right? Mm-hmm. But the team winning helps a lot because there's a background. And in the end, it's weird to say that the game is the background energy, but that is kind of how you have to think about it. And it that enhances is why, the experience. When it enhances win. the experience. And so the, the there are lots of things that have happened that are, I think are very good for fans around the building at Rogers. But on the ice is fundamentally the driving factor for a large I, portion of the audience. A great example of what we just talked about. We we how many times have we the three of us had this conversation about the, uh, the experience in that Bailey Stadium where we we've always said the results don't, don't matter until the Vancouver Canadians a start winning every game they play but yeah. b also start, almost start to walk off the wins regularly <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. just yeah. value added so you, you know yeah. they're yeah. adding I to saw it a well. great yeah. conclusion yeah. quote yeah. when there's people, a win and then there's winning with style yeah. Quote, when yeah. people talk to each other, start talking to each other, they believe in crazy stuff. See, that's why I'm on online. Yeah, you, you, you two are talking to the crazies in your midst. God knows what you'll be, believe yeah, online. That's where year. the crazy ends, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, I have a way of filtering out mm. the crazy online, and I'm glad you're going to find a way to write about it. Make sure you tweet about it, Johnston. I will. After you've done writing about it. <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Harrison Price from Wall Center, a presentation of Applewood Auto Group, and hashtags are the best and worst of Twitter. They're brought to you by Jason Hominick of Jason Dodd Mortgage, and the market is so crazy right now, and interest rates continue to get higher. If you're thinking about buying a home, find out where you stand now. Get yourself pre-approved. Don't play catch-up. You can get all of the details and all the lowdown from Jason Hominick of Jason dot mortgage at Farhan Lounge TSN we had Farhan on yesterday talking about a lot of run this week talking about how great the Lions defense was mm-hmm. how about this Lineback Darnell, linebacker Darnell Sankey has re- received his release from the XFL and is now pursuing CFL options was a tackling machine in his last two CFL seasons 218 tackles with riders yeah and the stamps can you imagine adding play- him yeah, to the good, Lions? good player are they after him? No, is that what no, oh, no okay. linking to the Lions. I'm just thinking, yeah. could the rich get richer? Yeah, I've got my master list here, uh, courtesy of Three Down Nation, on all the Canadians and all C- of the CFL veterans right. that are currently in NFL training camps. Now, 
it used to be where you were hoping that some of these guys who got cut early saw the writing on the wall and said, okay, let me go back to the CFL and play half a season and and make some money there. Um, Of course, now it's just the one big cut down at the end of NFL training camp, so it's a little more difficult to bring NFL players in and have them actually affect the current CFL season. But, you know, a guy with that level of experience who is a mm-hmm. you know sideline to sideline tackling machine, I suspect he would fit relatively seamlessly for any club up here. At Nuclear Golf Breaking, Tiger Woods has joined the PGA Tour Policy Board as a player director. Quote, I am honored to represent the players of the PGA Tour. This is a critical point for the tour, and the players will do their best to make certain that any changes that are made in tour operations are in the best interest of all tour stakeholders, including fan sponsors and players. The players thank Commissioner Monaghan for agreeing to address our concerns. We look forward to being at the table with him to make the right decisions for the future of the game that we all love. He has my confidence moving forward. That may be true. But I imagine this is very bad news for A.J. Monahan and B. Live Tour players for a couple of reasons. Number one, if this was another player of lower stature, Jay Monahan might be able to count on sort of a fractured, fragmented player group with different opinions and no sort of clarity, one voice in alignment. Blake, as you know, they are all going to fall in line behind Tiger Woods. So he's going to have solidarity behind him. Yeah. Number two, as we know, Tiger wasn't a very big fan of this live deal no. to begin with. Now, he, sp- he didn't stake in the ground and say, I'm against this, but the devil is in the details. The details are being hashed out. Monaghan himself has said one of the big issues is how we go about repatriating, my word, not his, the live golf players, bring them back in the fold. And of course... I suspect there will be penalties for the likes of Dustin Johnson and Cameron Smith and those who took big money. And we know how Tiger felt about those moves. Remember? Why would you go out and practice? This isn't about earning it in the dirt. No. So I don't think Tiger has one iota of understanding, sympathy, what have you, for the defectors to live to I I don't know how you could possibly penalize them given you're saying I can't believe you went to those guys so we're penalizing you those guys are now owners of <laughs> of the new well, entity they may draw the distinction between Greg Norman and the tour and its Saudi financial backing perhaps a distinction without a difference but, yeah I think so but needless to say you know we've talked about the mechanisms in the past okay you know are they ineligible for prize money for a while? Are, are there there are many different ways you could structure this from a financial point of view, not simply penalties, but you know having to earn a certain amount of money before you can then actually put something in your genes. Who knows what they're going to come up with? But that's a big unresolved issue, and the deal is continues to be unresolved. Period. Monahan said we would have a schedule here in short order for next season, and it won't be a wraparound schedule either. Going back to a calendar schedule. Very I, 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 I Look, Monahan got sick and stayed away from the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. Uh, I, I don't dispute that he may have a medical issue. I also think the USGA, I also think the USGA and the RNA wanted him 
nowhere near their tournaments to be a distraction. Uh, it also seemed a little bit convenient that he went away when some of the tough the go- questions the were really flying. Tough. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect they're going to try and get through the PGA Tour playoffs and then get to work on this. So I think we're probably about a month away to find out what is the future of men's professional golf. I wonder if there is a and day. And it's going to be messy. I wonder if there's a day where Tiger Woods is the commissioner. That's the what grand I... Poobah. Well, the, the other thing is that, unlike Rory, Tiger's got nothing but time. Yeah, he's not like, playing. He's got a lot of yeah. time to invest in this role. Doesn't need any money. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't have a ton of sponsors' obligations anymore. And he's old school. Uh, oh, and Blake... This matters to him too, yeah. right? Like the future of men's professional golf, well, he, he feels like he's got a pretty big. But there's a personal stake in it too, right? The reason why it matters is if the game changes so much, then his records don't really mean anything because well, it's incomparable. It's it's a it's not a direct parallel, yeah, to his time. And of course, you're talking about a kid who had Jack Nicklaus in 19. 19- majors right on the bedroom wall and that right? stayed static right through mm-hmm. his playing exactly. time right so at washinsky this is a weird one news the seattle kraken have removed tiktok videos that referenced quote-unquote book talk after alex wenberg and his wife felicia both criticized the objectification of nhl players the kraken have also scaled back their marketing to fans of hockey romance books this is a uh, a dark underworld, Matthew. What? I what? went down this rabbit hole. Oh my goodness! <laughs> what what it's, are it's we fan doing? Fiction. I've never heard of this. It's fan, largely fan fiction. There's a bit of a commercial element to it, but it's largely fan fiction written with um, actual NHL players as proxies for fictional characters, um, and it just crossed the line. Eventually, it got a little bit as as Felicia Wenberg put it, it got predatory. It went to exploitation. explicit, yeah. And, you know, it was kind of funny and weird, just funny and odd for a while. And then it got funny so and weird. This is fans writing books or stories. I can take you to a deep, dark world. NHL players for their sexual encounters. Yeah. There are so many weird forms and, oh my God. and like, fan, or, you know, like... When I first worked at TSN in Toronto, there was a person that worked there who was a fan of the, I think it's a 70s show called Emergency. It was an, like, had a cult following, but was not like, you're looking at me with strange eyes. Never it, heard yeah, of it. Yeah, like, it was not like a world famous show. But people loved it so much that when it went off the air, and I think it had an early demise perhaps, fan, like, there was these forums where people would write new episodes of, like, this is the world that Matt it exists on yeah. such a wide scale for shows for mm-hmm. like for things like this, and it gets weird eventually. And it got weird for the for the Kraken, and so they guess like, we're well, not going to promote this anymore. I mean, I'm all for creativity and authorship, but mm-hmm. yeah, weird. At Softy KJR, we mentioned the Seattle Mariners trades earlier in the show. I am so with Softy on this one. Mariners have the number 3, 7, 17, and 20 starters by ERA in the American League. They have 
to make another move between now and 3 p.m. tomorrow. And by the time most of you are listening to this, you'll probably know the answer. They have to get better. They have to take advantage of this. The rotation is 100% championship caliber. Jerry needs to finish the job and make the entire team championship Is he caliber. talking for this year or is he seeing no, for next year? No, he's talking for this year. He's talking for this year. You've got to make another move by 3 p.m. tomorrow and get better. Get better for this year yes. only. Yes. Hmm. That doesn't sound like He's it. absolutely right. In a playoff series, when you can throw those four starters, not to mention a pretty good bullpen, which is now weakened with the Seawall trade, you are in any playoff series. I realize you're not a good offensive club. As we know, October baseball, it's about who's hot. It's kind of like goaltending in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You can have a guy who's hit 220 all year. If he gets hot in a playoff series in October, that's good enough. So this is the second time where DePoto has gotten to a trade deadline because they were roughly in position several years ago, and he chose not to. And I'm now beginning to wonder whether Jerry DePoto is trying to be the wizard there and tell ownership, oh, not yet, not yet, but keep me in place because I've got my plan and my plan's going to come to fruition in another two or three years. No, you have a dominant starting rotation, even without Robbie Ray, in a, a in an American league that, I don't know about you, Blake, but it's not as scary as it has been in years before. Like, Houston's not Houston. No. Doesn't feel the like... The Yankees aren't in, you know... Baltimore's a good club, really young club. Tampa Bay's a good club. We've seen Tampa fall short in the playoffs before. I'm, uh, I would be absolutely furious if I was an M's fan that DePoto and management took a look at this starting rotation and said, now nah, let's punt, play for 2024. Weird. The Blue Jays are buying and the Mariners are selling. Is well, that what I'm Blue thinking? Jays are more comfortable in the wild card race. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But that was the, for basketball. But they're the same. They're the same distance back effectively in their division. In fact, the Mariners are closer. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. One more for me at Gimme Bets. <whistles> Last chance here to make the FedEx Cup playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. To make the top 70, get in. Shane Lowry needs a top 22 this weekend. Justin Thomas needs a top 17 just to get in. Wow. Adam Scott needs a top 8. Gary Woodland needs to finish top 2. So a lot of pretty good players and major winners playing for their playoff life this weekend at the Mm. Wyndham. And that's hashtags for today. This is Harrison Price from Wall Center, presentation of Applewood Auto Group. And it is our pleasure to welcome back to the program the head coach of Vancouver Whitecaps FC. They have a big one in Leagues Cup. Friday at BC Place, the one and only Mr. Vanny Sartini. How you doing, Coach? Very good, guys. How are you? Very well. I heard you on the post-match Sunday say, and this is while Tigris was still playing San Jose, I want Tigris not just because it's a home game, but because I want the experience of a big Mexican side up here at BC Place and playing them. And, of course, Tigris has already played at BC Place once. Uh, years ago. So before we get into the game, let's just talk about the event. A knockout stage game against, as you say, a huge Mexican side. What do you think this does for the club and for the football project here in Vancouver? I think I think it's a lot in terms of the next step in uh, 
so I would say in our process of uh, growth of development as a club, we want to to improve and become a club that uh, fights for trophy, that fights for international trophy like the Champions League, and uh, having a giant of CONCACAF, because Tigres is a giant of CONCACAF, coming to town and in a game that is a knockout game, that it counts for an important trophy like La Ligue's Cup, I think it's going to be, first of all, a great event, and, uh, and second of all, a, a very good uh, moment for us uh, to go towards the next step that we want to do also to be a contender in the league too. Just give us a sense of why they are a giant. Like, what is it about this club that is able to not only win domestically in uh, in uh, the Mexican League, but we were looking at their roster, Vanny, like, they've got a French international on their yeah, team. Yeah, like, they're, yeah. they're attracting European internationals uh, to the outskirts of Monterey. What is it about this club that makes them such a big deal well you know that's you know they have uh, Gignac that he he, he, he played uh, for France a lot of game and he, he was a very good player in Europe too with Marcel and uh, so when a club from Mexico is able to attract a player that now is a little older but it's several years that he's playing there so at the peak of his career it means that it's a club that is also well respected in Europe and we always uh, uh, so you know they won the Champions League uh, uh, they've always been one of the top clubs in Mexico. Mexico, of course, for traditionally, I would say until a few years ago, a couple of years ago, was the undisputed leader of, uh, of soccer in, in, in North America. So they have a massive fan follow. Uh, it's, uh, that's a thing that, uh, you know, I think uh, Canada and United States are going towards to have... Uh, to, to have this club that become really, I would say, uh, kind of a reference for the city where they where they uh, where they're based, and uh, that's the reason why we tr will treat them with the utmost respect, but not with fear. We, of course, we're gonna play in order to try to to beat them for sure. It's a, there's a leveling off uh, effect here in League's Cup too, in that um, you know, of course mostly home games for you so far at the very least and it's all road games for league mx i mean that's yeah. that's a massive advantage and you guys just play a different brand of football at bc place i mean that has to be a shot in the arm for you as well yeah 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 i i'm i think it's very important to highlight the fact of the home games i i heard and i read some comments about uh, how uh, mls uh, surpassed league mx uh, according to the results of the, the this this cup, but we don't have to forget that we we always play either in Canada or in the United States. So I think that to have a, I would say a real comparison between the two leagues, we, we should have a tournament where you play half of the game in Mexico, half of the game in. And in that might come. Place. That might come. Yeah, Who knows? Might, yeah. might, might come in the future. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but uh, you're right, uh, especially for us, playing home uh, has been. Uh, um, for sure a factor in terms of our results. We are one of the best team in the league uh, in terms of results at home. We, we are playing uh, our best football when we are at BC Place. Uh, so I think it's there's all the ingredient for to do a great match uh, uh, next Sunday, uh, next Friday. Sorry, you're not alone in this, but uh, everybody in the knock, sorry, in the group stage was, uh, you know, it was it was great to see that everybody was uh, starting uh, their star players. I think for the most part, but they're solid starters. 
Um, they were given some breaks, uh, particularly in the goalkeeping position across MLS. Yeah. I saw a lot of the backup keepers. Now that it's knockout stage, is all, is all that changed, do you think? Is it all hands on deck, or do you still want to spot some guys in? I think we'll still, I would say, uh, it's not that we're going to do some rotation just to do rotation. We are doing some rotation because also some of the guys that they they did uh, all the shifts to, uh, during the uh, during the league they need a little bit of rest so mm-hmm. it's not going to not going to change we will we'll try to play the 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 game uh, in the in the with the best lineup possible in order to win specifically for the goalkeeper position this game yohei will play again so that's uh, you I, I can give you this scoop yes thank you for that yes ahead <laughs> of everyone else and uh, yohei will play and then we will evaluate uh, uh, if uh, Hopefully, and hope, we hope to do if we play another game too. Injuries for Ranko and Luis. What uh, what's happening there? Yeah, we need to really see how it develops. Uh, you know, it's different kind of injuries. Luis felt something in the calf, so uh, we need to be probably a little bit more cautious there. We don't want to risk a situation where he had a bad injury. If he had to stay out for a couple of days, we will see. Uh, Ranko was more of a knock and was like more of a pain situation so it looks like it, it could be a situation that is uh, solvable in, uh, in, in less time but uh, uh, to be honest they're, they're all having they're, they're being checked actually right now the players that mm-hmm. played uh, um, and they got injured they're uh, doing the recovery session with physio and everything and so I will know better this afternoon uh, which are the guys that uh, I can count uh, on for Friday. Coach, bigger picture after uh, the trade of Gressel, what do you think this team needs to compete, not just here in this tournament, but down the way in MLS play through that long road stretch and, of course, into the playoffs? What are you missing here? What do you need to add as we're up against the trade deadline and the transfer window? Uh Let's say like this. I, I don't think we miss anything. I think we have a good team. And uh, in terms of, of course, Julian was a very important player. But in terms of his replacement, the development of Pedro Vite in, una, in a position, uh, in a deeper position like an number eight, makes Pedro almost like a natural replacement for what uh, Julian was, was doing. So uh, since uh, Pedro dropped a little there, and since we are playing much more with the 3 5 2 lately, Let's say the, the um, I would say the cherry on top would be having a real, real uh, top wing back. So I hope that uh, the club is listening to me while I'm talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send this clip to Axel. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think that because now we are, if, we, if you're playing more with the back three, we're going to need m- maybe a, a wide player more. Then we were then instead of replacing Julian with a number eight uh, like Julian was uh, was playing. And Ali Ahmed's development has also been yes, a part of that, right? That's that's, yeah. that's also the reason why we have uh, Ali Ahmed. Ryan Raposo is doing very well in lately as a wing back. So uh, we have solid guys at the back. Luis uh, playing in the back three played really well. So now we have a lot of the solution there with Luis uh, Jevain coming back from the Gold Cup. Uh, so uh, I think that. Uh, now we have this flexibility to can play 3-5-2 of the, our Christmas tree, but in order to play uh, the 3-5-2 consistently, I think we would need uh, numerically 
a wingback more because the other two wingbacks that are playing now are Levante Johnson and Sebastian Berhalte that are not natural mm-hmm. wingbacks. So that's the thing. All right, Coach. Well, we'll we'll let you go because we know you have some busy days ahead. Not only yep. training and preparing for Tigris on Friday, but I understand Thursday is a big day at Casa Sartini, as he yes. gets everything prepared for the uh, arrival of his better half. And of course, you've got a midnight kickoff tonight for the Italian women against South Africa at the World Cup. And I know you'll be watching that, right, Vanny? I will. I will. And I hope you guys are going to support us. Unfortunately, Canada went out, so everyone should mm-hmm. support Italy from now on. Of course, I am absolutely <laughs> it's our with you. default position. Absolutely, absolutely with you. Yeah. You're the reason why. Yeah, that's what I did at the Men's World Cup. I supported Canada yes. because Italy wasn't That's right, there. and we're that's, returning uh, the favor here. We're returning the fair's fair. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver is with you on mass. They're with. Are they the Azuri as well? Yeah, Azzurri, il the, the female. Okay, uh, the yeah. feminine. Gotcha. <laughs> Grazie, Coach Andiamo. Okay, Andiamo. Bye, bye. Thanks, <laughs> Some price from Wall Center presentation Apple at Opera Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. I have the hiccups. You okay? Well, not really, actually. The last 24 hours have been rough. Yeah. More on this. Innies and O's. <laughs> You know, there's nothing more uh, humbling in the world. Like, you can take the person with the most bravado ever. Not saying this is you. But anybody can get knocked down off their pedestal with the hiccups. For 12 years in radio, it always was a fear that I would come back from a break and yeah. have the hiccups. And here we are. I'm not sure it ever really happened to me in radio. Maybe once or twice mildly. But I got a bad case here. Seven seven eight four zero two ninety six eighty. The Great Clips text message inbox. Great uh, Clips. It's gonna be great. So E's and O's. Yesterday I burped on the show. <laughs> the finally function. We continue to. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a rough. I week. sense the theme. Yeah. I went down to hit the cough button and I missed it. And, and I then did Grady edit didn't it. edit it out. Are you gonna edit out any of these hiccups? No. This is too funny. You need to keep it in. Yeah. Okay, Yerky reports, and I think I've done this a few times this month, Nations League, it's League's Cup. Yeah. They were both going on at the same time, so forgive us. Yeah, that is a problem with the name of this thing. Like, It's a little bit too close to the international tournament. Uh, I said there'd be 75,000 fans at Melbourne Stadium for the Canada-Australia match, it wound up only being 27. They played before 75 in their first match, the Matildas did. Not sure what's up with it the It only ended up, is, is how many? How many? 27. That's... I don't know if they played in a different stadium there in Melbourne. That's shockingly low. Yeah. BC's running back to, his last name's pronounced Shivers, not Shivers. Forgive me, Roy Shivers, for years, their personnel. Well, I, just before I learned that the pronunciation was different, I wondered if there was a relation. I asked that and was told no. Yeah, clearly. And then uh, one on Blake here. He, um, he switched to French for, for brothers and sisters and said, Frères and sirs. Yeah, I, I was, sirs. Sirs. 
I, I was being colloquial. Like I, I, I can pronounce it better than that. Sisters, yeah. sirs. Yeah. Anything from your list, Grady? Nope. Time for Blake's Bodog line of the day. Bodog, your source free casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. Who you like? What you got? <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> um. The, I don't know what's happened with Inter Miami lately, but they they're just they're much better now, Matt. Um, it's uh, maybe it's some midseason acquisitions. Um, Honestly, Blake, there's a, a couple of guys at a uh, Kitsilano haunt that I frequent who mm-hmm. are big soccer fans who cannot stop talking about Inter Miami and Lionel Messi and the other. Spanish yeah. nationals and everybody Spanish, else yeah. that they've added. I mean, honestly, the, the goals, the, the games that he's played in, he's been exactly what we had hoped that he would be. Like, he's in a schoolyard having fun. And that's why at minus 165, I mean, I'd be prepared to give up a goal over Orlando um, in the first knockout game in League's Cup. Miami, minus a goal, pays out a plus 102 to win. On your Bodog line of the day, thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to follow us and Rinkwide wherever you get your podcasts. And then please, please yeah. get to us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. Finish the show quick. Am I missing anything, Grady? Get out. And, of course, support the com- community, community sponsors, sponsors here. Just talking about. <laughs> Keep it local. Thank you. <laughs>